and uh, she is an OCCA fellow with Rabbi Zacharias International Ministries. Uh, she was born and raised in Rochester, New York. I'm from Rochester, New York area. No so, way. Yes, that's I am. Awesome. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Yes, um, of course. You have so to be in upstate New York. That's 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 where that's where I'm from. So we have a we have a common totally. history there. Yep. Um, I'm feeling left out here. I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm so from Detroit. I'm like Lions, Tigers, Red Wings. Who cares about Buffalo? How many Super Bowls did you win in a row? Zero. It doesn't matter. We did go four Zero? out of five years. You yeah. did. We did. We did, did go four out of five years. It's like, what did you even go for, though? What did you even go for? Who Look, goes for second place? Like, we haven't heard all these things. <laughs> we got the consolation up. prize, okay? Four years in a row, we got the consolation. Nobody else will do that. Okay, nobody. Nobody else, nobody else got the consolation Nobody prize. else will be second place. Okay. <laughs> Four years in a row. All right. Okay. Sorry. Just had to throw that in there. Okay. So uh, she, she's she been uh, everywhere with uh, Rabbi Zacharias. She's been engagements in the UK on who is Jesus, the reason for God, why do bad things happen to good people. Um all lectures that I've actually listened to. So. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> um, but uh, just to, sh- she covered today. Uh, does God play hide and seek? Does God play yeah. hide and seek? And so um, just two questions and then yeah, Calvin, you'll some of the piggyback yeah, off. Sure. Um, how do we know that God exists when, when we think that he plays hide and seek? So basically, like, what was the kind of gist of sure. what you were talking about? Yeah, so the, the premise behind the talk is that uh, so often as I travel, because I do a lot of stuff uh, focusing in New England, so a lot of university stuff, Ivy Leagues and, and retreats, conferences, whatever. Uh, and a lot of the, the questions that I get raised around the topic of if God exists, why doesn't he just make himself so clearly known? Like, just give me a big old lightning bolt, write my name in the sky, you know? Like, in other words, just make it so clear that it's like, oh, okay, here you are. Uh, and so what I try to do in this talk is talk about the kind of the game of hide and seek as a kid. So in the game of hide and seek as a kid, you kind of close your eyes up against a tree and then you open up your eyes and you don't know where anybody is. And I think that's kind of how people envision finding God or discovering God is like we are completely, we completely, um, you know, our eyes are shut and we're at a tree and then we get up and we kind of wander, wander around aimlessly hoping that maybe we stumble upon him. But really the Christian view is actually quite different in the sense of it isn't just um, us that are wondering and questioning, but it's also God also is doing in return. He's helping us to find him. He's giving us clues. He's giving us evidence. He's giving us direction um, throughout our lives in, in a variety of different ways. And so it's kind of like if you're going to go look for the person in the hide and seek game and you kind of hear them say, warm, warmer, you're getting warmer, hotter. Now all of a sudden you feel like you know where, where you're, you're feeling like you have a direction as to where you can go. Like there might be some, somebody might be there. Even though you can't see them, you're getting clues as to their existence. And so uh, what I try to do is, is look at if God wants to show himself to us, how could he do it in a way in which we would be open to receiving? And so if he was to come and, as a lightning bolt, well, that would terrify us. You know, if, if, imagine you're walking down the street and you get and a lightning bolt strikes in front of you. Are you going to run towards it and bow down or are you going to like run and get out of there? So for God, for God to come in all of his majesty and all of his power would actually make us turn away out of fear. We can't handle that. We can't handle his perfection in that way. And so how could he come in a way in which we would actually be open to receiving him? He, what if he came as one of us? Um, hmm. and, and what if he came in a way where we didn't feel like we 
felt like we had to run from him, but we felt like we could come to him. And he, so he comes as a baby. And babies are like these magnets um, that like draw us closer. Yeah, I, saw, I saw a baby earlier this, uh, yes, this morning in the lobby. Everyone's like, oh my God! Yep, exactly. I think I saw the same one because I did the same thing. I went up to her and I was like, no, Alicia, don't be a creep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know. It, Take the baby back in the building, right. Alicia. This is not your baby. <laughs> Exactly, you know, and, and I think I think God, uh, I think it's, you can use the same illustration, you know, with God as he comes in a way in which we can be open to receiving, open to being able to be in his presence and actually uh, have a genuine relationship where he's not so strong and forceful mm-hmm. that we can't refuse, um, but we can enter into a genuine relationship with him, which ultimately what's he, what he wants for us. Um, so the next question I would have is in your, in your discussion, in your talk, you actually talked quite a bit about... Um, individuals who might not have heard the gospel and how God kind of reveals himself to those people. Mm-hmm. In a lot of those circumstances, many of the proofs that um, that you gave in that talk are dependent upon existential events. Mm-hmm. Um, since these are subjective, pr- subjective proofs, how mm-hmm. can we use them as objective proofs? Well, I think that the, I think that God's interaction with us is individual. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, uh, I was talking with a young gentleman afterwards, and I was talking in, in, in the talk about how God revealed himself to one particular woman in a dream, a Muslim woman from Afghanistan who just had this encounter with Jesus, and she didn't really know it was Jesus, but she had this dream. And, you know, it's interesting because, it, exactly, it's subjective. It's like if I would look at that, if I if I went to bed and I had this dream, I would say, man, Alicia, you shouldn't eat that pizza at 2 a.m. So for me... <laughs> That kind of interaction wouldn't work with God. But I think that's what makes it beautiful. Is I think what God does, he reaches us in the way in which we would receive him. So for that woman, because she comes from a Muslim context, and the way they understand Islam is through revelation and divine revelation, God meets them where they're at and, and reveals himself to them in a way that she would receive it. Receive it. Whereas somebody like me, who comes from a different mindset, I would not understand it in that way. And so I think, yeah, so it is subjective in the sense of to that person, but I think that's okay. I think that's part of the beauty of it is it's not a standard mode of revelation, but it's unique. And it's, it's God reaching us in a way in which um, works for each one of us, and it's an individual way. And I think that's beautiful. You know, it's not a blanket rule for everybody, but it's personal. Okay. Last question I want to ask, because you know, I know you're running low on time. We have someone else to interview right after this, unfortunately. It's what happens when you have live interviews instead yeah. of on the phone. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm 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 a big fan of Christopher Brooks uh, and his new book Urban Apologetics. Mm-hmm. I live as far in downtown Detroit as you can possibly go without going to Canada. Um, so uh, the questions that I asked and people were asking uh, were framed very differently when I lived in the suburbs than mm-hmm. they are being framed in downtown Detroit. Yeah. Um, very, framed very differently where Justin is living out in, in the sticks. He lives out in, in rural America. Mm. Uh, I, said, I said Flint. He's just close to Flint. He's not really in Flint. Okay. Actually more where there's cornfields and things like that. <laughs> um, so very, very different kinds of questions being, same questions, just framed different ways. Yeah. And so that's very, very important. Just going out to hurt my street cred. I am okay. totally. <laughs> he has zero street cred. He's got zero, lots of cornfield cred. Zero street cred. <laughs> lots of that. Took him to, uh, took him to a restaurant hey, in my been neighborhood to the pr- last I've been to prison more times than you have, okay? True story. <laughs> He's in prison ministry, people. Prison ministry. I'm going to clarify here for people. Um, But uh, so I didn't realize that those questions were different uh, within different communities, within African-American community, within uh, city communities. And uh, something I also didn't consider uh, until I read a book by Mary Jo Sharp, Mm. uh, Defending Apologetics. Uh, or uh, defend, defending the faith is her new book, and or it's not new, but it's 
and hers was introducing apologetics to women's ministry. Mm. And I just always thought, you know, apologetics is apologetics and it's the same for everyone. And then I started looking that there were not a lot of female voices mm. within apologetics. And she was the one who turned me on to that. And not, uh, not long after I got that book, there was a cover story on Christianity Today mm -hmm. uh, with, I believe, Amy. Amy, Amy or Amy, Ewing. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I'm a fan. With our okay. <laughs> and she's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> she's brilliant. She, As she are is. you. Yes, she's um, yes. very and brilliant. So you're, you're part of the same program, right? Yes, okay. yes. so she, we, we actually all work for RZIM. She is actually the, I think, like the Europe, Middle Eastern, Africa director okay. of RZIM. So what's that been like uh, moving into a, an area that is, I guess, I don't know if it was trying to be, but kind of an all-boys club. What's that been like? <laughs> well, well, one, you're a person of color. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's, uh, the yep. questions are different within the African-American community. And you're also female. Mm -hmm. And it's generally a, a big boys club in terms of yeah. apologetics. So what has that been like moving into that world? Because I don't think that you're any less caliber than anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what's that been like? Yeah, you know, actually, I, th I would say it's been completely fine and great and normal. I haven't had any issues with anybody. And, and RZIM um, just encourages... Us. I mean, we are a, a diverse group of people, culture, culturally, um, ethnically wise. We come from a, a variety of backgrounds, we, different places we were born, education, different studies. I mean, we are a diverse group anyways. Uh, and so there are several women speakers um, with RZAM, Michelle Tepper, um, obviously Amor Ewing that you said, Margaret Man Manning, Joe Caratini. Um, Tanya Walker. So there's several of us that are around um, that speak. And so I think women bring a, a different perspective, mm -hmm. um, of course. And I think that's that's great because God, God has uniquely gifted us with different things and different ways to communicate. Uh, and so, yeah, I actually have had a great experiences being welcomed into a variety of venues. Um, I think people welcome the different perspective. You're right. It has very much been a, a boy's a boys club, mm -hmm. um, but I think that's what that Christianity Today article was bringing to the surface, is that it isn't really anymore. Right, you know, right. And they had a great article on Amy uh, in that particular mm -hmm. uh, uh, magazine. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's been great. I think it's, I've enjoyed it. I think I, I appreciate the different perspectives and the different way we understand things and how we can communicate those. Um, and so I guess I look at it not so much as a boys and, and, and versus girls or men versus women or anything like that, but just uniquely where where has God gifted each one of us individually and mm -hmm. where are our strengths and where does he decide to use us regardless of whether we're male or female or, or whatever so it's been great okay mm -hmm. and the reason I asked that question just to kind of uh, give our listeners a tease uh, I'm actually working very hard to get a panel of uh, women apologists oh. um, to to kind of discuss women in apologetics and probably say a lot of what you just said mm -hmm. um, but I'd love to get a round table because I've spoken with many, many, many apologists over the years. And like yeah. you said, you bring something. None of them have been female, though. And okay. so you bring something to the table, and I want to hear what that different thing is yeah. uh, and begin to you know, have those kind of conversations. And yeah. so uh, I would love, we would love to have you back on that particular conversation. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so you're, you're on Twitter and Facebook. And I like am, that, So yep. we will find you. And, of course, when we yep. post a... The, the podcast. I'm sure you'll retweet it out and all that kind yes, of stuff. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> subtle hint. Yeah, subtle. Allow me to give my subtle hint. You can yes. find me on Facebook, Alicia right. Wood. It's A-L-Y-C-I-A Wood. And Twitter is Alicia Wood 88. That is not my age. Many of you wonder, is that how old you are? No, it's not my age. I'm not 88. That is just my hockey number. I needed something to put on there. So A-L-Y-C-I-A Wood 88. Okay, and, cool. and, this is a, and this is amazing because she is she – is you're a tiny little thing. You played hockey. I still do, yes. You absolutely. still play oh, hockey. Oh, yeah, it's great. Great sport. 
That's See, so she's just amazing us no. more and what, what more. Put, this, well, she's from my hometown. But she's in Detroit, which is hockey town. And but, I live so. in Boston, which she is lives in Boston. Very much oh, a hockey town. We hate Boston. Yeah. Oh, we hate no. <laughs> You hate Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Well, I don't know if this I don't know if this interview is gonna post now. <laughs> <laughs> it will post. <laughs> <laughs>